0: My name is Elizabeth Evans, and I'm a homeschooling mom to four kids, ages two through nine, and we are learning how to make joy normal.
1: My name is Bonnie Landry, and I want to welcome you to season two of our podcast, Make Joy Normal. Um, we want to thank everybody for their support and, uh, and how much you've shared this podcast with uh, your friends and those who you think it would be helpful for. Um, I am a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a grandma, I've been homeschooling for 30 years, my kids are ages 14 to 33, I only have one at home now, I'm a speaker, a writer, a blogger, and I guess we're podcasters now, Elizabeth, (laughs) and uh, I'm an advocate of joy, so welcome to our podcast. Hey, good evening, how are you? Good, how are you? (laughs) I'm great, um, Yeah. So is it looking like spring in Michigan yet? Oh, no. Not in Texas. It's not so. Right. No,
0: it's (laughs)
1: snowy
0: (laughs) and cold.
1: Yeah. 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 We've actually had the last week has been really snowy here, which is unusual for here. Um, But we got probably 18 inches of snow over a couple of days. So, but it smells. No way. 18 inches.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah
1: in about two days it just snowed non-stop yeah wow when we when we get precipitation here we get a lot <laughs> okay so now it's just pouring rain yeah now it's just pouring rain so wow
0: do you get flooding because of it, it was then? fun it was
1: yes yeah absolutely okay. yeah yeah so if you live on low ground you're gonna get flooding all the fields around here and stuff like that are flooding for sure yeah Wow! Yeah. Okay. I have a couple of exciting things, so I want to tell you about them. Uh, well, you already know this, but I'll tell you a little bit about it because I haven't really said too much about it. But we're we're um, so we've launched a a um, like a members platform, and the idea behind this is that once or twice a week, several times a month, I have a just a drop in Zoom with a, a topic, and people who sign up for the membership, which is very inexpensive, I wanted to make it really accessible for people. It's $5 US um, a month. And people can drop in as many times as they want to through the week. And you can also submit questions, uh, whatever the topic is of any particular particular zoom uh it doesn't really matter i'll talk for 10 minutes on that topic but if people's questions are something completely different we'll do that too so uh so we already have a bunch of people signed up so i'm super excited about that that's and, great uh, and uh, anyway if- If people are interested, yeah, uh, go to my website and you'll get a, like a drop down menu that'll sort of explain it all and all that. But the idea of this was to partly to be the support for our podcast. so We can keep it up and running, but the support for our listeners, right? Because we get so many questions. Um, and a lot of times people want to have a conversation, right? And so I think this really answers that need. So that's, uh, that's thing number one. Um, we also had a winner for our Tonys. So for anybody who submitted entries, uh, thank you so much for your entries. And for sharing your entries. That was really nice. Um, And our winner's name is Claire, and her Tony will be uh, at her door in the next couple of weeks. So, congratulations to Claire. And then, um, last thing is that we've been sort of focusing the last couple of episodes on sort of difficulties. And I'm very excited about our next episode, today's episode as well. But in our next episode, we're interviewing a mom who. Uh, We'll be talking about homeschooling and depression and one of the things that we get from on this topic, I've had several people submit questions about depression or ask me personally questions about depression, I don't have a reference point so I really wanted to bring somebody in who, who did struggle in this way and often the question is, should I homeschool, right? um you know if i struggle with depression and so uh i'm really excited about uh about interviewing her and i think that'll be really good for anybody who struggles with depression mental illness even like postpartum depression or occasional getting the blues i think it's a really good time of year to address that because we all feel low sometimes right mm-hmm. and um You know, so I think it's a really, really important question to, uh, to answer. And I've been reading a bit more about podcasts and I'm supposed to always say at the beginning of the podcast, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. So I'm going to say that now. (laughs) (laughs) So you have some questions for us.
0: So we're gonna, um, kind of talk about just kind of the blues and especially it's worse now because of COVID stuff and shutdowns Mm. and That makes the typical winter blues so much worse.
1: Yeah, exactly. I had somebody submit a question a couple of days ago that that they said, you know, how do you avoid the woe is me attitude, right? And I thought that's such a was such a perfect way to kind of summarize, you know, how we feel this time of year. You know, I mean, ultimately we end up sort of feeling sorry for ourselves. Like, why do I have to, you know, why do I have to do all this stuff? Why do I have to raise all these kids? (laughs) You know, why do I have to, um, you know, be stuck at home? Why can't we do the normal things that we do? And then that's always uh, an issue, I think, for parents in general. But I would say homeschooling, a lot of homeschooling parents, they tend to feel end of January, February, wintertime, they sort of feel like uh, a bit buggy, you know. Mm -hmm. They feel like the school year is half over and they didn't accomplish all the stuff they wanted to accomplish. And so there's just kind of this bit of a feeling like, why am I doing this? And what is this all about? So, uh, so we had some good discussion points to address about that. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. The blues.
0: Yeah. Um, so I think for me personally, the blues surround missing community and being with Mm -hmm. other people and other families. Um, and you know, here in Michigan, it's not just because of COVID it's also winter you know like roads aren't always the best to drive on it's not always easy to bundle up kids in car seats and and
1: yeah. you know so get much them. work right so much work
0: yeah. yeah yeah um and so i think that weighs heavy on me and i'm sure it does a lot of listeners um yeah. so i don't know if you guys deal with that much or did when yours were growing up
1: Different. I mean, a little bit different here. We don't get the cold, but we do get the rain. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's not so much a big deal to get the kids in the car and take them somewhere. Um, but in terms of just getting them outside and we found, you know, the kids really needed some outside time every day. And so, you know, when you can get, you know, sometimes weeks on end where it's pouring rain, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so that's that's definitely difficult. But I think, um, you know, what it, I think we What people are really missing right now is the fact that not only can they not bundle the kids up, there's nothing really rewarding to go do once you've bundled them up, right? Right. (laughs) Because we can't go spend the whole afternoon with friends or something, right? We're not allowed to do that right now. Um, So, you know, I think that we have to find ways of sort of planning uh planning that and I think I you know I think the key to a lot of, avo- of avoiding a lot of problems is actually pre-planning something right so mm-hmm. you know if you have local museums open or if your local library open or what you know to look around and sort of find what's open right now even if it's a visit to grandparents places um you know I think that that's really helpful for people to be able to move past that but to plan you know once or twice a week that you actually get out and do something right even knowing that it's going to take a lot of work uh, yeah it's it's so worth it right but i think if we plan it it's maybe less likely to weigh us down you know that we can talk about it and even have fun in the talking about it right Mm -hmm. you know have fun in the planning and the kids can have fun in the planning like oh should we take a craft you know with us when we go or what should we do in the car ride or whatever um you know, and unfortunately, you know, in places where there's cold winters doing something outside is probably the the ideal thing most of the year, but not during winter. Right. right. So, you know, do you have anything around you that's open where you can, because I, I don't live in a wintry place. I'm trying to think of what, what, what the winter options would be.
0: Right. Our library is open. Um, and so uh, yes. the kids, I just don't love Taking my toddler to the library right now because it's just that much more of a hassle during the She's a COVID. house wrecker? Yeah. Right, a little bit. Um, yeah. And so there are times where, because my husband works from home, where if she's napping, I'll take the three boys and we'll go to the library, which they just love. Nice. Um, we haven't been in a while though, because we have a, a fine.
1: <laughs> so. <laughs> yes the, I hate that I always feel so embarrassed I don't want to deal with it because oh, I'm embarrassed yeah.
0: right well yeah my boys lost a book under their bed I told them go check under your bed and they did and it was like probably weeks before we found it
1: <laughs> <laughs> another thing too that I think you know I mean I don't know what everybody's regulations are in various areas but I think that we could assume um, that that if you're doing a school kind of project you know, if you're getting together, having a little co-op or having a little, um, you know, science study or something like that, that it would be okay to get together with another homeschooling family, depending, of course, on that family's comfort level. But Mm -hmm. because I think almost everywhere schools are actually in. And so, you know, I think that we, you know, even though there may not be specific overt regulations about homeschoolers, we could probably assume that if we're getting back to, um, you know, school that we could also get back to doing some sort of school type activity with our mm-hmm. little kids um you know as homeschoolers right and I think you know as long as we're sort of following the same um you know rules that the schools have to follow that we'd probably be totally appropriate to do that right you sure. know I mean sometimes you have to put feelers out there you know does anybody feel like you know sort of creating kind of a a uh an afternoon or a couple of afternoons a week where we can get out and do sort of some sort of learning activity that would emulate what's happening in school right Mm -hmm. and I think for mom's mental health that's probably really important too right
0: right right um so just kind of moving forward uh not only missing friends but um missing being around family yeah um and I think one thing that we've got heard time and time again it's the ability to hug other people
1: oh I know yeah yeah I was just texting with my sister-in-law this morning about that and you know we're saying it would be so nice when we can just get together and it can be loud and it can you know whatever and I said yes and hugging (laughs) right you know because um because human touch is so important right It almost makes me wonder, is this is this going to have the effect of that our good friends that we see all the time, but we maybe they're not the people we tell them we love them or we hug them or when we see them, maybe we will. You know Mm -hmm. how you know when you 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 have close friends. And you see them all the time, you don't necessarily have those conversations. You know, they're your close friends and they're just there, you know. And but you don't necessarily hug them all the time. But if they've gone away for a month or something and then come back and then you give them a hug, and you know, it's it's like, I wonder if COVID, maybe that will be one of the silver linings of COVID, is that we will hug more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's been kind of robbed of, we've been robbed of it, right?
0: That's the hope. But I I also find so I I have always been an extrovert until i started having kids and then i was at home really? and my husband was working and my friends were all working because um with the exception of maybe one or two of my friends from college um most of my friends just recently started having kids like in the last right couple years so you know my son is my oldest is 9 and some of my friends oldest are like 3 maybe 4 yeah so i was my husband and I were you know parents before a lot of our friends, and so right. We That's hard, kind of, right right yeah we lost touch with friends um you know just because it's hard to bring a baby anywhere yeah. um, and I remember i when I first found out I was pregnant with my son, I told my friend when we were we were out like we were at a bar, and I was sitting there, and she was like, why aren't you drinking??" And I was like, well, and she goes, oh my gosh, you have a baby in a bar right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's such a mental adjustment day to, uh, yeah, to be I know I, I, we were actually like that as well. Like I had babies before most of my friends did and before my siblings did. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I felt kind of alone and I had to kind of carve out friendships. Right. And that was, that was harder to do. Uh, And now, of course, it's really hard to do for people who are just getting started now. Right,
0: right. But I did feel, I I feel like I've become an introvert because I just don't always know how to interact with adults anymore, right? (laughs) There's this character in the show, in a show, The Office, and he uses this line, he goes, gum's gotten mintier lately, hasn't it? It's just like, that's just awkward I feel like I'm awkward and weird when I talk to people like I don't know what to say What's isn't that funny thing? like you're you're out of
1: practice or something
0: right right so yeah. my fear is like you know god willing all of this covid stuff starts to lift like maybe I'm not gonna know how to interact with people anymore <laughs>
1: I know it's (laughs) brutally I think what you know many of us will step out in kind of fear and trepidation sort of like oh do you remember when the first lockdown happened And it was like three months and then I remember going to a grocery store for the first time and it was like Uh oh this feels super weird like where are all the bugs or where it just felt like felt like a sci-fi movie
0: right well and I don't know about on your island but here after the initial lockdown and it was kind of lifted mask wearing was not required it was like okay, if you want to. So it's like half the people did, half didn't. Yeah, and I just exactly the same thing. so, I felt so conspicuous. Like I didn't wear a mask until I was told you have to. And so I'm walking around and I feel like I'm under a magnifying glass that people are <laughs> judging me for not,
1: you know? And,
0: yeah. uh, yeah.
1: Don't you think that's one of the, um, difficulties of motherhood maybe it's one again maybe a silver lining of covid was um that we always feel like we're being judged like wherever we are if we have one child we feel like we're being judged because we're a beginner if we have four children we feel like we're being judged because we have four children yeah you know and so we just constantly feel like oh, we're being judged if our kids are dressed nicely, that we're trying to show off if they're not dressed very well, or their clothes are grubby that people are going to think that, you know, you're neglectful. you like, it's just, it's just right. a condition of motherhood to feel yeah. judged. What is right. that all about?
0: Oh gosh. And you know, God has humbled me many times for my judgment. <laughs> I have, I don't know if she listens to this, but if so, this is a formal apology so there was a girl I went to college with, and she would share on Instagram or fi- Facebook, her kids would do just things like dump a whole 18 count carton of eggs on the floor. Or there'd be like this picture of a gallon of paint dumped on the carpet. And I'd, <laughs> I'd watch this and I'm like, oh my gosh, what? And she just seemed all calm about it. And I'm like, I'd be losing my mind. Well, then I have my daughter and she has dumped hot chocolate on our carpet. She has dumped a whole brand new thing of baking soda on our kitchen floor. She (laughs) will dip her whole hands all the way up to her elbows in peanut butter. And do you know what I do? I just let her go. I take pictures. I laugh. I talk to her about how, oh, how does that feel? You know, look at what happened. Yeah, Let's clean this it's up. It's science. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, five years ago, that would not have been me. So yeah. if my friend is listening,
1: yeah.
0: forgive me. I, I don't judge I you. am a very
1: sweet i have a very sweet friend who i've known ever since the beginning of her having children and when she had about her third or something like that she comes they come to this camp that we do every year and um and she was very uptight with her first couple of kids and with the third you know they were running around and they were, their feet were grubby she goes look look she has grubby feet and and <laughs> or he has grubby feet and uh, and it was like yay congratulations you can do grubby feet <laughs> <laughs> you know but that's a good thing right 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 yeah it's all perspective Oh, totally.
0: Totally. (laughs) But, and you know, just back a little bit to missing the community. I, I -hmm. know I've mentioned this to you before, but I think it'd be prudent to share with listeners. One thing that I keep thinking about during all of this, you know, COVID and, you know, now with the winter blues and everything is, so there's the point in the Bible and I'm a Catholic, so I'm terrible with Bible references, (laughs) but you know, it, the creation story were made in God's image. And so growing up as a small child and stuff, I always thought that meant like physical likeness, likeness, um, but that's not what it's referencing. I actually heard that it's actually referring to, you know, a couple different things. One of it being God wanting community, you know, that's part of the reason he made us is because he wants to be with us. And, you know, so that's our likeness to God is we want to be with people. We want to interact with other people and that's being shut down right now,
1: which is yeah. hard, you know, yeah. it's such uh, a need. It is. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but my blog that I started 10 years ago is called practicing mammal. And so one of the first few blog posts that I did, the first several blog posts that I did, I sort of explained why, you know, why I named it that, um, and, you know, one of the reasons was because, you know, I had been breastfeeding for 25 years or whatever. And it was like, okay, you know, this is, I'm a practicing mammal, right? <laughs> <laughs> Using my mammary glands. And, uh, but the other was the desire for community. So a lot of my blog posts are about our need for community and are kind of a, all mammals have a need for community. That's one of the attributes of being a mammal, right? Mm-hmm. And that, oh, actually, that's what I named. I don't know if I told you this, Elizabeth, but that's what I named mm-hmm. the, um, the membership group is called the Watering Hole, right? Oh. So, so we can all gather at the Watering Hole, right? And you know that's what mammals do, right? right. Yeah. And so, uh, what a lovely, what a lovely idea that. But often we don't, you know, we live in our own little cellular worlds, you know, and we don't, we don't live in the village, we don't gather at the Watering Hole, we don't do that, you know. Right. Um, and again, maybe, maybe that. What we've been through for the last year. Can you believe it's a year? Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. Uh, that maybe it will value, maybe it will help this culture value that more and, and value being with each other more. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. I hope mm-hmm. so. Um, wow. Well,
0: on that, we can kind of move on a little bit um, and talk about mom guilt. Do you, do you ever experience mom guilt for taking care of your needs?
1: I certainly did. I mean, you know, like occasionally I would say, even now I probably feel mom guilt. I don't know. We feel mom guilt about such stupid things, right? Like about not worrying about my adult children. I'll think, Oh, I haven't worried at all in the last few days. Well, what a dumb thing, (laughs) (laughs) you know, mom guilt about, um, I've generally been pretty good in my life about taking care of me. I will have mom guilt about other things like saying no to my kids about something, but you know, when I know that it's not a good thing for them, but I want beyond, you know, beyond my own understanding, I want to be able to give them everything they want. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so, you know, maybe the money's not there or maybe the, the, um, Maybe you think it would be bad for them or whatever, you you know, but in our deepest desires, we really want our children to be happy and, and, you know, something feels like giving you everything you want will make you happy. Right. right. Um, or not being able to carry the burdens for them, you know, especially teenagers oh. and whatnot, you know, they their life gets burdensome and that you can't carry that for them. And, and so even though, you know, that they have to go through their things, I, mm-hmm. you know, I just wish so much that I, I could carry their burdens for them. Right. But I know that's how they grow. That's how they become who they're supposed to become is by, by working through those things. Right. Right. Um, so do I feel mom guilt about taking care of myself? Certainly in the early years I did, you know, Mm -hmm. and particularly for me, it was particularly about spending money on myself. Right. I always felt a little bit like I don't know because I didn't have an income of my own, and Albert's very, you know, generous, and it wasn't like he was, you know, looking at what I spent and thinking it was it was, uh, you know, imprudent or something like that. He was never like that, but it was just my own sort of sense of well, I don't have my own income, mm-hmm. and so, you know, uh, if I want to buy something, that seems wrong. You know, I'd buy all kinds of things for other people, right, and, and right. not think anything of it. Uh, so that was probably how that played out mostly for me. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. How about you?
0: I, um, it comes and goes. I Mm -hmm. think one thing I feel, this is so silly. I feel guilty for prioritizing myself with things, especially when I hear of friends that aren't right. So it's like, I'm comparing myself to other friends and my, um, I, I'm going to share this. I don't care. I talked to a therapist for anxiety it's not a big deal. You know, it is what it is. But um, he tells me over and over again that I feel like I need to be in a struggle. It's like I I force myself into struggles, you know, it's like wearing myself thin, um, almost as a badge of honor, right? And so when I'm taking care of myself, I feel like I'm not being a mom, right? Because moms are supposed to wear themselves down And um, wow, okay. um, But I also have to tell myself okay, when I go to CrossFit, that is taking care of myself so I can take care of my family. Yeah. You know, and so that's important to do that. When I go out with friends pre COVID, I'm (laughs) taking care of my mental health. You know, I'm taking a break, I'm refreshing, re energizing, and then I'll be a better mom. Yeah. Um, So I do have to tell myself, remind myself that. But I think where I often feel guilt in the day to day is when at the end of the day and I'm ready for my kids to go to bed so that I can relax.
1: Yes, I know. (laughs) And I feel guilty,
0: you know, because it's like, gosh, they go to bed and I'm sitting there on the couch and I'm like, I should have read another book. I should have listened to them tell me their crazy stories. You know, I should have played another game with them, you know, and so that's where the yeah. guilt sinks in is that yeah. I'm, you know, ready for them to go to bed, but then there's a day gone, you know? Yeah.
1: So I know. Yes. Yeah, all about balance, right? It's yeah. all about balance. The, yeah. um, I know a lot of moms feel, homeschool moms feel guilt about not like not doing enough with their kids in terms of their education. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that, that you know kids learn in spite of us and so if you don't get all the things done that you had hoped to get done in a day sort of educationally the, your kids are going to learn anyway and so mm-hmm. it's one of those things that we the more kids you have or the longer you're homeschooling for most of us come to a point where we think okay you know what it's okay they're just going to be fine right mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> everything's going to be fine and um you know but the early years especially you know it's i find it particularly you know um Difficult when I hear somebody with very young children, you know, how do I, how do I um, make sure I'm doing enough with my young kids? You know, my my toddler's really demanding, baby's really demanding. And, you know, my six-year-old, I'm only doing 20 minutes. Well, you know what? 20 minutes is ample for a six-year-old, right? Mm -hmm. And because you're doing a lot of stuff in your day that chalks up to education that you probably just don't realize is education you know every time you're talking to them every time you read a book every time you walk outside every time you do anything you are giving them an education right mm-hmm. even if you're monologuing about what you're doing that's part of their education but we don't see it that way and so that's something that uh i think you know we need to become more aware of how much we do how much we give how much we uh, you know, are valued. It was one of the things actually that my husband, when I was saying that, that I felt guilt about spending money on myself, like I had no problem taking the time, like going for a massage or going something like that. Uh, but it was the money that I felt guilty about. And, um, you know, Albert said, if I hired somebody to do all the things you do, you know, that would cost a lot of money. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you don't need to feel bad about that anymore. You, know, you don't need to feel <laughs> guilty about that. And uh, which is true. Right. Mm -hmm. So, again, if we if we put things in perspective, we're probably much more likely, much less likely to feel mom guilt, you know. Yeah. But again, you know, talking to other moms is is one of our best ways out of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Just talking to other moms and, you know, I mean, even though another mom might feel just as much mom guilt as you do about whatever you feel it about. She's when it's objective, you know, when she can see your the sort of the ridiculousness of your mom guilt you know, and she can share that with you. So you can sort of balance each other off in that way, you know, friends can do that for each other, you know? Right. And uh, yeah. So we have to reach out to our friends, even if we can't see them in person right now, I think it's really important that we plan phone call or, you know, zoom, you know, we're all good at zoom now, right. We can all zoom or FaceTime or whatever, Uh, you know, so that we are, are still reaching out and maybe even a situation where, you know, you put your earbuds in so that you're kind of having a private conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. usually what happens we get together with our friends, the kids all go off and play. And you can kind mm-hmm. of have a more intimate conversation because the kids are all busy with each other. Right. right. You know, I
0: have I have a friend from college and she's always been really good at putting her phone down when she gets home from work. You know, it's family time. It's yeah. time with her kids and her husband. Um, and so she'll still, we have this group text that we've had going on for like six years. It's just three of my <laughs> friends and myself. And so last night, two of us were chatting and, um, I, you know, I gave up TV and social media for Lent, and, um, I was asking them, okay, guys, this is a stupid question. What do I do? My husband has to work right now. If I sit down to read a book, I will fall asleep. And it is only (laughs) nine (laughs) 30. So they were chatting with me and stuff. And then I had set my phone down and I'm getting a FaceTime call. And I answer it and it's one of my friends and she's laughing and she goes, um, so-and-so's son called us. (laughs) So it was one of my friends, her son FaceTimed us and he's like three and he's (laughs) running around the house with the phone. And so my other friend and I are just laughing and so then finally my friend picks up the phone because she heard me laughing and she's like what's lizzie doing in my house <laughs> <laughs> and so it was like it took her toddler to bring us together for an actual facetime call Aww. even though it was just five minutes it was just really nice to see my friends
1: because they're yeah. both in san diego and yeah I to so see them, nice. so. yeah so nice yeah I think we make the effort i don't know why it's so hard like so much harder than texting you know to just see somebody in person, but we have so many tools to do that with now, right? It makes Mm -hmm. a real difference, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's also timing, you know, like if you have friends in a different state, especially in a different time zone, yeah it's hard to match up schedules
1: i know yeah my daughter and i have sort of hit the sweet spot like if i usually a really good time for me to call her she's throughout three hours ahead of me you know a really good time for me to call her is around 11 o'clock my time so that's a really good time for me and also a good time for her the kids have usually had lunch and then you know they have you know some playtime after lunch and then they're they're kind of on their own she said they're usually sort of quiet and occupied at that time so you know and then sometimes they chat with me as well you know but it's, yeah, it's just a good time. And so it's been nice to kind of find that moment that works. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I
0: know. <sighs> okay. So you started off our episode today talking about the woe is me attitude. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure we touched this specifically. How do we avoid that attitude during our busy homeschooling
1: days? Mm, that's a great question. So, I've done, I talked a bit this about on the other podcast that I do, Martha, Martha. Uh, I did a little series about a month ago on resilience, you know, where I did Mm -hmm. sort of, I don't know, half a dozen episodes on resilience. And in the last couple of years, I've been reading quite a bit about resilience. And one of the things that is, um, one of the qualities of resilient people, people who are tend to be naturally resilient, uh, one of the qualities is that they are kind of have gratitude, right, for their life. And there's many, many other things. If, if anyone's interested in that, it's, it's for Catholic moms, but, you know, anyone could listen to it. It would be, uh, particularly this section on resilience. One of the things that can help us be more resilient is an attitude of gratitude, Right. Mm -hmm. so out of the many many things that are the attributes of resilience they've identified they've done a lot of research they the scientists people you know researchers done a lot of research on resilience in the last probably 10 years or so and they've identified maybe you know probably 25 or 30 qualities of resilient people some of those things are natural attributes that it would be hard to change right Mm -hmm. it would be hard to You'd have take a lot of work to become something that you weren't naturally. For example, um, somebody who was naturally, uh, um, oh, what's the word? Sees problems as uh, challenges. Okay, mm-hmm. so that that would be one attribute. But that would it would take a long time to get there. You'd have to do a lot of practice, kind of to to get to that place. But some people are just born that way, right? Mm-hmm. They see a problem, and it's a challenge for them, and they they uh, sort of see all the problems in in natural lights, in 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 the best light. Um, But there are other attributes that i think are very changeable and very we could lay a foundation of resilience and that's one of them so how so how do we do that how do we develop gratitude okay that's i think that's a really important question and i think that woe is me if we can step back and say okay I actually, most of us, when the kids are asleep or when the weather gets nice or whatever, we actually take a look at that. We think, what was I thinking? I have a really good life, right? Mm -hmm. And oh, yeah, there's hard things and there's difficult things and there's difficult people in my life, but I have a good life, right? Mm -hmm. I have a roof over my head. I have a good husband. I have, you know, uh, I live in a beautiful area. You know, I have this opportunity to homeschool, whatever, whatever it is, all the blessings of your life, but we don't remember them, you know, Mm -hmm. when we need to remember them. Uh, And so I think that one of the things that's a really good idea to kind of build that attitude and and by doing building your own uh, resilience is to write down things that are the blessings of your life. So, you know, when you're in kind of a good mood, (laughs) make a list of, you know, maybe 10 things and keep it somewhere really obvious so that when you notice that feeling starts to creep in, that you have something you can actually look at, maybe post it in a few places in your house that you can actually look at that list and think, no, you know what? I, I have a lot of blessings in my life. And even if I don't feel blessed right now that I can look at that list and think, okay, I know that I am. So intellectually, I know that I am blessed Mm -hmm. and I have many, many good things. So, uh, you know, I think that's one exercise that we could use to, to just make, um, gratitude a greater part of our life. I also think really important to be aware of when you feel that woe is me and see if there's a pattern, right? Mm -hmm. Do I feel it uh when my husband has to work late? You know, when I feel sort of put upon like I can more than I can handle. Do I feel like it? Do I feel like that when I'm not getting regular time by myself? Um, you know, do I feel like that when I'm feeling like the house is on overload and i have a ton of housework to do or i'm everything's backed up uh or my kitchen is messy like that can set me off like my kitchen's dirty that drives me crazy so it's something Mm -hmm. i find i have to keep on top of all the time because it's one of those things that i can walk through the kitchen and think oh my gosh right look at that and it can bring me down right and i can think you know and then i can start having thoughts like why does no one ever help me? You know, why am I stuck doing all this stuff? You know, why did I have all these kids anyway? Right. <laughs> Those kind of things. So, so notice the patterns of when you start to feel that way. For many of us, that's seasonal. Um, but also the patterns in the day or the patterns in the week so that you can manage them better you know, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe offload some of the duties or or stay on top of some of the duties. So there are ones that bug you the most. Maybe it doesn't bug you at all. If the living room has books spread all over the place, it's just a sign of everybody having fun or there's toys everywhere, but maybe mm-hmm. dirty dishes in the sink, it, you know, is, is enough to make you just feel, to suck you down, right? Yeah. So we want to avoid those things that suck us down and put more time into those. You know how, you know, how when you go to university, uh, you know that of all the classes that you have to do, you're, you just can't do all the things, right? You mm-hmm. can't keep up on the readings. You can't, and you sort of have to pick and choose like, okay, what do I really love? What do I think I'm going to want to actually do as a career? Or what am I going to um, appreciate the most or what's going to be the most value in my life? And you mm-hmm. sort of have to pick the three or four classes that are the most meaningful to you and right. and let other things slide a little bit. Not that you're going to fail them or anything, but that you kind of think, okay, you have to take stock, right? And I think that we have to do that as moms. We have to say, okay, what is it that brings me joy? What is it that sucks me down? How can I sort of take stock and and make that work for me better, right? How can I manage those things better? Mm -hmm. You know, especially during crisis times, right? Right, Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we'll be talking about homeschooling and depression next week. And I think it's a really, really important topic. Um, you know, it may not be of interest to any, everybody, but, you know, even if you you know somebody that is, uh, you know, struggles, that sometimes to, to be part, become part of their support network is really important. But also, even if you just occasionally feel down in the dumps or whatever, you, you probably will be able to pick up some really good tools uh, about how to manage those times, those low times. Um, you know, and take a look at how, how do we homeschool or should we homeschool um, at these times in our life? Yeah. So that sounds like a wrap. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. God bless and take care and we'll see you next week. All right.